0: Hello, this is Kristen McDonald, and welcome to Second Vision. My guest today, Robert Klein, is the chairman of the California Stem Cell Research Treatment and Cures Initiative of 2020 and the chairman emeritus of the California Institute for Regenerative Medicine, also known as CIRM. Bob is committed to advancing medical research, his passion originated with his younger son. Jordan's diagnosis of type 1 diabetes in 2001 and his mother's previous diagnosis with Alzheimer's. In 2003, Bob served as the author and chairman of California's Proposition 71, the California Stem Cell Research Cures Ballot Initiative, which was passed by 7 million voters in 2004. And Proposition 71 approved $3 billion for research and funding and now CERM has funded research resulting in 82 clinical trials and over 2,900 peer medical published discoveries. And while Bob's work is in real estate, always includes an affordable housing component, he is first and foremost a dad who became a patient advocate to help his son, and he is the ultimate of advocates. So welcome, Bob.
1: Thank you so much. It's a privilege, Kristen, uh, to be on your program. You're such an extremely informed advocate, uh, and particularly for the Foundation fighting Blindness and other foundations and advocacy groups that are dealing with the tremendous advances, the proof of concepts that are coming through clinical trials for restoring sight, uh, that it is a distinct pleasure to be on your program.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Bob. As I've said so many times, it's I'm, I'm really honored to be an ambassador for Americans for Cures. And just to, to tell the listeners, I am one of the lucky ones in one of the, those studies for retinitis pigmentosa. I was the first patient in many parts of the world to have stem, cells, uh, stem cell therapy tested in her eyes. And five years later, I am still, uh, I have held steady uh, with an improvement in my left eye as well as improvements in my right eye, and, you know, that's a, a story for another time, but I am the lucky one. So I want, uh, if you could, to take the listeners back a little bit to 2004 and tell us how it all started. Just give us a little bit more background on, on your your son and your mom and how it motivated you to, to, to start the ball rolling initially, and
1: how it's right. relevant today to Prop 14. Absolutely. So or, originally, uh, I... As a father who had a son, as you have said, with type 1 diabetes, uh, diagnosed when he was just 15 years old, uh, and as a son of a mother who was dying with Alzheimer's, it became an imperative to try and address this chronic uh, suffering uh, from these uh, diseases and conditions. And I worked first uh, with the International Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation with the federal government and helped them with the U.S. Senate in passing a supplemental funding resolution that was critical to keep uh, the clinical trials going federally for uh, type 1 uh, diabetes. Uh, But after passing that uh, legislation, The head of the National Institute of Health Institute that deals with type 1 diabetes uh, said, Bob, we're really not going to cure type 1 with what they're allowing us to do. Uh, We need another way to fund stem cell research, particularly embryonically derived cells that could replace the islets and the pancreas that are destroyed by this immunological disease, type 1 diabetes, and expose these kids to eye damage and kidney loss and life-ending amputations, he said, you know, effectively, the only place that has the scale to do this uh, outside the federal government is California, uh, because California is second in the world count-ranked as a nation in biomedical research capacity, uh, and they're second only to the United States. So understanding that uh, my youngest son could die from this, um, I committed myself to work with the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation and patients' uh, families representing uh, MS uh, and ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, and uh, cancer to try and put together a state initiative that would fund the great institutions and researchers in the state all the way through uh, early clinical, clinical trials to get therapies to patients from stem cells.
0: That's really just incredible. Now, uh, let's try to explain to people why it takes so long to do a clinical trial, because so many people say, well, shouldn't I go to another country? And um, they do things so much faster. Why does it take so long? I know it as a patient, but can
1: you explain to the listeners? Uh, certainly. So whether it's my son or with, with retinitis pigmentosa, your condition, uh, it is vital to have uh, an FDA approval on the therapy because what that tells your doctor is that this has been tested long enough with a large enough group of people that they know the side effects, and they know what reactions, and they uh, may occur that are adverse reactions, and they know that if you have certain conditions, you shouldn't attempt this because the body cannot tolerate both the condition, the specific condition or complication you have, and the new treatment. So, to be safe, uh, you want to make certain it's gone through an FDA trial. And the FDA has three levels of trials. Type the phase one trial just makes sure it's safe, Uh, and is done in very small dosage uh, doses. The the phase two trial is establishing proof of concept that it really will work for a small control group of individuals and have real benefit. And the phase three trial is a larger group uh, where they make sure that if they're terrible complications, they find out about those, identify them under close supervision before they are let it be used uh, with the public. So all three of those steps are very important for your safety and to make sure it actually is going to work for you with your conditions and genetic profile.
0: Now, what's happening with COVID-19 is a perfect example of that. You know, the, the word on the street has it that they're trying to push vaccines
1: out too soon. So that's a perfect example. Exactly. There could be terribly adverse reactions to significant portions of the population if they don't test it uh, broadly enough. And interestingly, one of the big findings recently with COVID-19 is that the people who survive it, even the people that are asymptomatic that don't have symptoms you can see easily, have a lot of organ damage and tissue damage. And so the state stem cell agency has funded 17 different research grants and clinical trials for COVID-19 as seed grants, waiting for the money that will come when this initiative is passed, hopefully in November, to really scale those up to see how stem cells can help repair that organ damage and tissue damage uh, so people can get back to a full life uh, and, and enjoy their family their work, and contribute to this society. That's so
0: exciting. You know, I I often thought to myself, I mean, I have retinitis pigmentosa, but only a a handful of people. It's about 100,000 in the U.S., you know. So I had to wait 30 years for this stem cell treatment. But had it been something like this virus, they would have been right on it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Anyway, so tell us about some of the advances that are happening with diabetes, Alzheimer's, cancer, bubble boy disease. Tell us about the progress that we made from the first three
1: billion. Certainly. So uh, the purpose of Prop 14, which is on the November ballot, uh, which is a bond issue that is authorized that will be sold over a period of 10 years and paid back over 40 years, is to get the money right now to carry on uh, with the clinical trials and the medical discoveries from the first initiative. And the good news is, Kristen, what was 82 clinical trials either directly funded or funded by, either directly funded by the state agency or funded by biotech based on the agency's medical discoveries. Those 82 are now 94 clinical trials and the 2,000 medical discoveries is now nearly 3,000 medical discoveries. Among those discoveries you have uh, a young man who was paralyzed, for example, diving into a pool, completely paralyzed, a quadriplegic, uh, had to be fed uh, by his parents. And now uh, he uh, is has a recovery of strength in his upper body. He can sit in a wheelchair. He can propel himself. He can uh, go back to college. He can work on a computer. He can work uh, at a profession. So substantial portions of his life have been restored, and the work is continuing to figure out how to deal with uh, the recovery of his body below the waist, below the point of injury in his spine. Uh, In cancer, we have two great cancer therapies for previously fatal cancer treatment, uh, cancer conditions where there was no treatment. there is a young woman uh, was that excuse me was that leukemia
0: I think uh, Melissa yeah, told it, me there the was blood, a couple of drugs for leukemia exactly. that's what my dad it passed was, of
1: and I, I thought jeez that was today he'd be alive absolutely this is a, a this happens to be one of them happens to be for example for myelofibrosis a form of a blood cancer leukemia. Yes. Uh and it was a death sentence uh, in the last five years of the disease it just would keep progressing and tearing the body down until the person died, uh, we have actually in the campaign, you can see on the campaign site uh, for Proposition 14, if you look that up, uh, you can see a story of a young woman uh, told by the woman herself, uh, <clears throat> uh, Sandra, who is saying that she was losing hope. All She had failed all of the therapies. Uh, and the agency's uh, cancer therapy saved her life. So a personal story about a young woman headed towards death. Now, uh, his she got engaged. Once the therapy took hold, got married. Incredible. Life. Yeah. Incredible. So, uh, and and by the way,
0: Jake, I know you're talking about our our, our rock star friend Jake, uh, who broke his neck in a in a swimming pool. You know, he's my buddy. Right. And he's just a remarkable young man. Now going to uh, his undergrad is biomedical, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. He's in Cal Poly. Yes. Uh, along in San Luis Obispo. And, yes. Uh, so to see these lives that were, were on the path to uh, to being lost uh, in in function and enjoyment and actually ending in death, to see them restored and vibrant. Uh, it's how it, with hope is is, uh, is tremendous. But uh, so there have been – by the time of the election, there will have been nearly 4,000 different patients in uh, clinical trials through something called Alpha Clinics, which are leading uh, major medical centers like at UCLA, UC San Diego, University of California, San Francisco, uh, and other medi- leading – world-class institutions like Stanford or U- USC or UC, San Diego, UC Davis, where they have the ability to provide these cutting-edge stem cell uh, trials, all of that infrastructure that allows these trials to be conducted without cost to the patient uh, will be wiped out unless Proposition 14 passes. So Proposition 14 uh, drives the research, pays for clinical trials. Uh, and requires, if there's a private company involved, for them to pay part of it, uh, half of it. Uh, in addition, it, it, we have a special provision now that it will help people who may live too far away from uh, where a clinical trial site is to afford the cost of transportation, lodging, uh, and meals to go there, uh, for example, to travel from Fresno to UCLA. Spend two nights. Maybe if they're in stage four cancer, they need a caregiver, uh, and we now have the ability to help them afford to get to the trial. Trial itself is 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 free, uh, and we're with the with all these three thousand medical discoveries. We have the potential to broaden these clinical trials and create uh, centers of excellence uh, around the state where trials and the new therapies will be closer to the home of people who are suffering. That is just incredible.
0: Uh, you know, I, I get asked all the time when I tell people stories like this, well, wait a minute, but what's it going to, is that my tax dollar and, uh, you know, how much money is that? And so they, they want to know, it, why is it a win-win? I mean, it has a great sure. positive impact on
1: California, the the um, incentive, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So. The key here is that chronic disease with uh, or chronic conditions that go on for 30 or 40 years are hugely expensive, not only for the state, they're leading cause of bankruptcy for families. And so stem cells are an early intervention therapy. So for Jake, it was one infusion of 10 million stem cells at the point of injury in his spine. One day, one infusion. Instead of the, the family and the state of California paying for someone to be cared for 24-7 for 30 years until they died fully, uh, fully paralyzed people who had to be hand-fed because they couldn't feed themselves. So there's a potential to save huge amounts of money for the state, for the family, while relieving suffering. I'm a patient advocate as a father of a son with, that had type 1 Uh, I'm dedicated to making sure the patients uh, have the access to the best therapies as as early as possible, but there's been a study done for California by a group called the Coalition Fighting Chronic Disease uh, that says from 2015 to 2030, 15-year period, it'll cost $4.7 trillion in California, including caregiver costs and lost wages all of the costs of these chronic conditions uh that's 300 billion dollars a year so we're talking about spending 5.5 billion over 10 years to help head off those costs and and uh provide therapies that avoid unnecessary suffering and restore health and dignity to the patient it over the entire 40 years The cost is about $5 per person per year, uh, which is about the cost of a bottle of aspirin. So would you rather invest in new therapies that avoid the suffering and mitigate, reduce the suffering, and restore health and dignity and function for the patient, or buy a bottle of aspirin every year for that patient? Uh I think it's important to understand there's no payments at all for six years, because I wrote the initiative understanding that it takes a while to get these discoveries and therapies and in trials to the patients. So there's no payments for six years uh for the state of California and it's projected to create approximately a hundred thousand new jobs based upon the record of the first initiative and those jobs themselves without any new taxes, just create enough tax revenue for the state to pay the payments through about year 10. So for 10 years – And, boy, do we need that now. Yeah, we need a stimulus, Kristen. You're absolutely right. We need the new jobs. We need the new revenues from those jobs. We need a stimulus to help us through this recovery. And so we get the double benefit of a stimulus and – the research and clinical trial advance to help patients and their families.
0: That's just amazing, and it also we get these top scientists from all over the world. Uh, you know, which is why, like you said, we're second in the world to stem cell. You know, second to the United States, right? That's that's correct.
1: Uh, and we so we have this enormous capacity, and with Washington D.C. not reliably functioning, <laughs> I. And with Washington D.C. not funding clinical trials in many areas of stem cell uh, therapies, California is the place that can make this happen uh, as a world as a world leader. Uh, my youngest son died; he didn't make it long enough. I know. I'm so sorry. Uh, and a large part of that was, for seven years, Washington held up moving forward with this research and and the, the clinical trials necessary uh, in in this area and thank you very much for your for your comment uh, Kristen and yes
0: we've he, all felt that deeply you know ever since uh, he
1: passed Jordan would very much have wanted uh, every child to be able to have the benefit of this research uh, every family uh, and every um, Every father and mother, every grandparent, not to go through kind of suffering he went through, which could have been avoided. Right. Uh, if if right. we had the research early enough. So that's a fundamental reason we're so committed to going this last tactical mile, uh, which is a tough and a big tactical mile, but California can do it with this second initiative. It can, well, save, it can save your life or the life of someone you love. Which exactly, we're
0: just one step away from from needing stem cell therapy. that's what I tell people you know years ago i I uh, mentioned this in an interview recently that I, I worked, and I know you work closely with the Reeve Foundation. I worked with Christopher Reeves uh, when I worked in television before I went blind and before he had his accident and I used to produce the tele, you know Easter seal telethons, <clears throat> excuse me in New York, and I wrote out his cue card one day and it said you're only one step away from needing Easter seals and now I think all these years later. Here, he broke his neck, you know, and he didn't survive to see any of this. And I went blind, you know. So we're all one step away from needing stem cell therapy or someone you love. Uh,
1: Absolutely. Christopher Reeve was one of my heroes. Oh, he's an amazing uh, man. He, as a quadriplegic, uh, uh, he'd fight for every breath to be able to talk, to even project his voice. Oh. And he uh, was a big big supporter of the first initiative. And if he had seen what Jake can, can now do. I uh, know. Liberated from being completely frozen in place, totally paralyzed, and having the vitality back in his life, having his mobility, having his ability to interact with family and friends and girlfriends and, you know, being in college, he would have thought this was an amazing step of progress. We're not, there, we're not at the end, but we have shown huge milestones of progress that are benefiting people's lives today. And with that, uh, with with uh, Sandra, I mean, having her life saved from cancer is an extraordinary step. I,
0: I just I loved reading that story because, as I told you, my dad was an infectious disease specialist, and he passed up leukemia. So uh, he would just be so so uh, enamored of everything going on with the studies in California and the fact that I finally got into a study for retinitis pigmentosa. You know, when you think about uh, politics, I waited 20 years for something to be done for my eyes and then another 10 because of what happened in, you know, the Bush administration because they held up the stem cell. And I often think to myself, well, gee, my optic nerve, my rods and cones might have been better. You know, maybe I could see fully today. So, you know, when you put it in a patient's you know, from a patient perspective like that, uh, it's a lot to think about, you know. So I hope people do vote yes on 14. And, you know, just back to the federal funding on embryonic stem cell, can you just elaborate on that a bit and tell people what's happening there and is there anything that we can do as citizens to to keep this going?
1: Certainly. Uh, so Obama signed an executive order to allow the research to go ahead for embryonic stem cell-based therapies, and, uh, and the research concurrently was going on in California because of the California initiative that had previously passed. But when the therapies got to the place where they could go to clinical trials, California was the only place possible to get funding for the clinical trial with uh, a therapy for type 1 diabetes that was derived from embryonic stem cells because there was pressure from uh, extreme religious conservatives in Congress to stop uh, funding clinical trials that that involved uh, a source of embryonic stem cells. Most people don't understand that embryonic stem cells are derived from cells that would be thrown away as medical waste after in vitro fertilization, after a family has completed their full family. Uh, These are fertilized egg cells. That uh, would be thrown away, and these cells, instead of being thrown away, they're dead, they're committed to medical research and made into these remar- rem- remarkable uh, therapies. But the federal government does not permit funding at this point of, <laughs> uh, from a practical viewpoint of what they're actually doing, uh, they do not. Uh, Approve embryonic uh, stem cell derived therapy clinical trials. So California is the only place you can go forward with this therapy for Jake for paralysis, for type one diabetes, uh, <clears throat> for um, the uh, uh, for uh, age related macular degeneration, uh, age related blindness uh, relies on ret- retinal pigment epithelial cells derived from embryonic stem cells. This whole spectrum of therapies is, relies upon uh, cells that are not, treat- not permitted to go to clinical trials under the federal funding because of a small holdout voting block in Congress. Just like your therapy can't get funded uh, clinically.
0: Yes, I know. It's very, very scary. Uh, you know, and after waiting 30 years, you know, and following Dr. Clausen's work, and that's one reason why I tell people it takes so long to do an FDA study when you have the, 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 do- the quality of doctors that we have here, you know. I trusted his work enough to be number one in the study. Uh, so it's very scary because we're making progress, you know. There have been people in the study who have improved n- numbers on the eye chart. Uh, our friend Rosie, she can see me on FaceTime now, you know, uh, and hopefully because I got the smaller dose, I was the first person patient in the clinical trial. Going forward, I'm going to get quadruple the amount. So, you know, miracles can happen, and I'm, I'm already steady. It's the first time my site has not gone down in 30 years, which is amazing because you degenerate with, a you know, a condition like this, a genetic condition.
1: Right. Well, Kristen, with your help, Proposition 14, the Stem Cell initiative will pass if your listeners get motivated and get out there and mobilize and get a hold of everybody in their network, uh, and they get, in turn, in, in touch with everyone in their network, Proposition 14, if they vote yes, uh, we will give hope to the whole country and the world with the phenomenal scientists and research institutions and clinical trial sites in California. California is the place that this has happened and one of the two places in the world it can happen. And we have the privilege as a generation of making it happen with our vote on November 3rd. So thank you for your advocacy. Please, everyone, mobilize and vote yes for uh, Proposition 14 because it may save your life or improve your life. Uh, and it could save the life of someone you love. So thank beautifully you. Beautifully said. It. So so Bob, before we
0: close, can you just tell people how to get to the you know the CERM website for more information or is there anything else you'd like to share?
1: Uh, so the um the best uh, uh access for the CERM website we should probably uh, post into this in your post production uh because uh, I think that site uh, address is being upgraded, uh, unless you know the new upgraded address. Uh, well, I can work with Melissa or someone on
0: that, so we'll work okay. on that. Yeah, great. Great. So uh, bless you. Thank you so much for all this incredible information. We could have gone on and on, uh, but we have a limited amount of time. So everybody out there, my guest, Robert Klein, has uh, given you all the tools and the information you need to vote yes and and get your ballot in early, as early as possible. So thank you so much. This is Kristen McDonald for Second Vision. And stay positive. Miracles do happen. And please visit the CIRM website to learn more about all these wonderful cures for the future. Thank you, Bob. Have a blessed day.